Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Weekend Wrap brought to you by Crowcast, of course. The AFL saved the best till last this weekend with a cracking game of wet weather football, Macca. And uh, we were lucky enough to be victorious. At, well, not lucky enough, but we were uh, strong enough to be victorious at the end. How are you going, mate? No, doing well. I was just saying before that uh, I've never used the word F so much, but then I was screaming at the umpire during the game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it was a great game, really great game, and um, both sides gave it a hundred percent. But I must admit, the uh, the four maggots out in the centre, they didn't do too well. Oh, strong words! Uh, a very big warm welcome to everyone who's joined us on YouTube and on Discord. Don't forget, we're live and interactive. It's far better than ringing into Five AA after the game and having a rant. You can ring into. Crowcast just got on our Discord live stage and put your hand up and we'll be more than happy to get you on board for your comments as we do every week, Mac. We Sometimes do. Sometimes even make more sense than we do. Oh, often, mate. Often. <laughs> as I keep saying, don't pump them up. Uh, so don't forget also that uh, if you are watching on YouTube, give us a like and a subscribe mm. if you like what you see. And uh, if you're listening to us on iTunes, uh, give us a bit of a review. We haven't had many for a while. The last one was a bit of a bit of a rant against you, Mac, for uh, being an old man. So uh, you got to sharpen up because you're getting bad reviews on iTunes, mate. <laughs> what did I get abused for? <laughs> what did I get abused for? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, look, uh, great to have you on board. Also, Mac, you'll notice, and I'll just uh, I'll just mess around with my camera for a second just to let everyone see. Oh, shit, what's going on here? The Mighty Crowcast merch is in full display at the moment. That um, looks good. One or two of you have bought a, uh, a hoodie from uh, the merch store. And I got mine through the other day, and it's good quality, and uh, it's nice and warm, actually. It's uh, good shit. So get around it. If you want uh, a bit of merch, go to aflcrowcast.com. Go to the merch store there. There's a few T-shirts. There's a couple of hoodies, plenty of colours, all sizes, yada, yada, yada. And uh, get around it, and uh, all proceeds go to uh, the print shop that makes it (laughs) pretty much. All right. So what do you think, mate? Well, you know, it, when it first started and we couldn't get the ball into our forward lines, I wasn't all that happy. I just thought to myself, we're just, we're just not sharp today. But um, when you look at it, our defence really played out of their skins just to hold them out and hold them out so that they, we didn't get into a situation that we were in trouble. And eventually, when the, the rest of the team started to join in with the defence and then we started to get the ball forward, there was some pretty good stuff happened up forward with some quite magical stuff at times and other times just plain hard work but you know uh, at no stage were we out of the game at no stage where we uh, had the game by the throat it was just a, a very good game I thought poorly umpired uh, but um, in the last you know we, we in the third quarter and last quarter we started to get on top uh, we relaxed just a little or they made even extra effort whatever way you want to look at it but on the day we were too good Yep, that's right. And uh, look, I thought it was a fantastic 
defensive effort um, over a long period of time. Um, you know, we were, we had to withstand a few um, big pushes from Brisbane at various points during the game. And, um, you know, e- even in that quarter of dominance that they had, um, they didn't get a lot of easy shots at goal. A lot of them were from the boundary or from tight angles or under a lot of pressure. So, you know, whilst they did miss a couple of uh, easy ones, um, I don't think uh, the scoreboard actually reflected them frittering away their shots as much as what many would have you believe. I think a lot of it was down to our pressure, actually. Oh, the pressure was very good. And there's no doubt about that. Um, oh, you know, I, I, I don't think we had a re- anybody I could say was a bit of a weak read in that direction. That I mean, um, some of them, it always varies in degrees when you get somebody like Laird who's just 100% tackling like a madman all the time. But I think everybody pulled their weight on the defence side of things. Yep, I'd agree with that. Um, look, let's, before we get too far into it, why don't we have a look at the uh, weekend's results? If I just get myself sorted here, what's going on here? As usual, I'm just not organised, Macca. These Sunday afternoon games really do me in, in terms of getting organised, but uh, anyway. Do, 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 do. Ah, here we are. There it is. All right. Let's look at the weekend's results. And uh, started off with uh, Carlton just sinking further into the doldrums, Mac, with a 26-point loss to the Swans at the SCG. Um, Vossi's obviously got to be hanging on by a thread, you would think. Yeah, I think he's getting himself into trouble because, I mean, they, they do look pretty ordinary because Sydney, they haven't been travelling well at all. But uh, Sydney let all day... Um, and they had only had a makeshift defence, really. Um, Blakey, of course, he, he's there and he was outstanding, but uh, he was propped up by others around him that wouldn't normally be there. Uh, on the other hand, um, Carlton, they were relying on their two big boys in Kerno and McKay, or Mackay, whichever way, way you want to pronounce it. They got one goal six between them, which is disgraceful. I mean, Kerno is a bit of a waste of talent because he marked everything, but he only got one goal three, you know, and when you've got a forward that's as dominant as that, there's something wrong with the way they're playing their game. And uh, Sydney just dominated the midfield, and um, that's an area where Carlton pride themselves, but they got absolutely towed up by Parker and Warner and uh, Gildan. Uh, Walsh yeah, was Warner, the only one Warner was checked. exceptional, I thought. He, I love the way he played. He's very direct. And uh, Walsh was the only one, I think, for Carlton who really, in the midst who could really put his hand up. No, I think Carlton, are, they're not going to be play finals. They're, they're definitely not finals. Well, I don't think so. Uh, they've got a long way to come back if they do, that's for sure. Yeah, one question. How would you like Harry Mackay kicking for your life? Well, not at the moment. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just a, it's obviously a confidence thing with him. He's got a couple of technical glitches. Um, but really, uh, I, it will never cease to amaze me, Macca, how a professional footballer can be so bad a shot for goal. Because that's, that's the amount of the amount of practice you have, it's your only job. Um, you know, you can kick shots for goal all week. Um, you've got plenty of people around you that have played the game that should be able to help you out. Um, and yet, we continue to see. I mean, it was evident again today with a, with a few as well people that just can't kick the ball. It's uh, 
It's the simplest thing to do, kick a shot for goal from 35 metres out, Macca. Well, it is. If you, 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 all you do really got to do is pick out somebody in the crowd behind the goals and pass the ball to them. It's as simple as yeah, that. Yeah, but it, even technique-wise, it's, it's a lot easier to kick the ball from a standing start than it is on the run. Um, all you got to do is have everything aligned and swing the, swing the boot. So anyway, uh, that's a hobby horse of mine, but we'll move on. Uh, Saturday, we had Hawthorne. Hawthorne getting up by 10 points coming back. Um, St Kilda would be extremely disappointed and that could be a costly loss for them as the season pans out. Um, Hawthorne 10 points, 88 to 78, Mac. They might have Ross Lyons, but they're not going to win a flag. But they, not when they lose to the Hawks like that. Um, I mean, the Hawks, we were talking a couple of weeks ago that they were eyeing off pick one. But since then, they, you know, they beat West Coast. And I thought they played really, really well. And they just showed that they do have some green shoots coming through. Apart from that, I think it was that the most outstanding part of the game was Sicily, particularly in the last quarter. He had 42 disposals from descent defence, mm. and he took 21 intercepts. I, I haven't seen anybody mm. put a performance like that on. It was, it was just like, I'll take you on, I'll beat you myself. Outstanding. Yeah. And then their young midfield, uh, which, you know, they booted out uh, the senior midfield, which people thought was very strange, but their young boys are playing well. You know, they've got a future. Yeah, and they probably realised that they weren't going to be any match for West Coast or North Melbourne to get that number one spot, so they may as well win a few. Um, I think that's it. Um, uh, Melbourne just I don't know what to make of Melbourne at the moment yes you know Frio up and coming team but Melbourne in a little bit of a funk at the moment going down to Frio by 7.79 to 72 I think that's their third loss in a row isn't it Fane? Yep and it was a, again a further upset I think like the first two upsets and this one was another upset mm. um, They Melbourne didn't have Oliver of course but the, uh, but then Frio, they lost Darcy uh, with a hamstring in the second quarter. And it, in some ways, it proved to be a blessing in disguise because Luke Jackson finally looked like the guy that you pay two uh, first-rounders for. He he came on and he's rucking against Gorn and Grundy and he was outstanding in that second half. And Bracewell and Sarong thrived on it. And, uh, yeah, no, Melbourne are struggling. I mean, Jackson probably had a... Uh, sorry, um... What's his What's his name? Um, the the ruckman you just said him. What Darcy who went down? Da, no, no, no. The guy, the lad that came in for him. Oh, uh, no, Luke Jackson. Luke Jackson. Yeah, Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he probably had a point to prove as well um, against uh, the two Melbourne boys. Uh, Melbourne are only just going at the moment. Um, I still feel like they're playing arrogant football, and I think it's going to actually undo them if they're not careful. Good summary. And then the Giants did something that not many can do, and I think it's their third win in a row down there, Mac. It is. At Cadillac Park. 81-74. to uh, Just played hard, tough football against Geelong and got up by seven points. Yep, and you may love or you may hate Green, but God, God he is a talent, an absolute talent. And he kicked five goals, and he was very well supported by Canelio and Green. And, um, you know, it's at the moment, um, Geelong looks slightly rudderless at the moment. And um, I know that 
they've got players out injured and uh, key players, but yeah, they look rather rudderless. The only bloke I thought that looked really good for them all, all day was Stewart, who was outstanding in the back lines, but he always is. But um, GWS, so they, they, they were too good, just simply too good. And uh, what I did like, if you could see, you could hear the rumblings in the, the uh, Geelong crowd. They're so used to winning down there, but it was beautiful watching them all get, get upset. Yeah, they've got a few main movers, Geelong, and if they're out, then I think they really struggle. Um, you know, they they miss Patrick's drive, obviously, out of the middle, and uh, Patrick was instrumental in keeping them in in front of us, you know, the times that we were coming um, when we played them. I mean, Danger just took over and was getting clearance after clearance, and when they don't have that drive and that, that ball sort of... Just, just get the ball forward. That Dangerfield does so often. They, they tend to struggle a bit, particularly now they don't have Selwood as a backup plan. Definitely, but, you know, if they hadn't have had Dangerfield when we played, and we would have beaten them. He was just outstanding when he played against against us. So yeah. you were quite right. And uh, yeah, and as I said, they just look a little bit rudderless at the moment. Mm. And continuing the theme of upsets, Macca, we had the Suns. Getting up in TIO Stadium was a very enjoyable game to watch that one, 84 to 77. Um, I tell you what, you want to talk about umpiring. The umpires did everything bar mark and kick the ball themselves to get the Bulldogs over the line in that last quarter. It was disgusting. <laughs> it's interesting you say that because it's absolutely true, Fee. And I kept, I said... I said, this is me thinking this, but it just seems to me like every decision is meant to try and get oh the dogs up. That uh, 50 but, metre penalty was ridiculous. Oh, that that was pathetic. That just wasn't on. Just and, wasn't it's umpire, on. and it's umpire 22, Mac. He is yeah, I know. corrupt. Uh, I think allegedly. Allegedly. Let me just clarify. My opinion is he umpires as if he's corrupt. I <laughs> mean, I'm hearing rumours that that they some people think he is. Is that better? Oh, look! I just could not believe it. In, in fact, halfway through that last quarter, I actually thought to myself, "Why am I following this league?" Because it was so fixed, and it was so obvious. They didn't it? like every opportunity the umpires had to give the Western Bulldogs an advantage in that last quarter. They gave it. Yep, and it was number number twenty two. He's the man. Um, but uh, I've got to say, got to give a great big cheer out to Raoul, who I thought he was outstanding. I mean, yeah, I mean, very good. And then in the Darwin heat, and then you could tell how hot it was up there because the gurneys were saturated, there's sweat pouring off them. Some of them had uh, white bandages to try and stop the sweat getting onto their hands. Um, yeah. But Raoul, and you know, he had twenty nine disposals. He had sixteen clearances, and um, I think. It, Leave them in the last last half when everybody else is starting to die, and, and he got um, a last quarter goal. Um, Bont was very dominant for the first half, but he ran out of petrol tickets. And um, yeah. uh, yes, and Bacocious up forward was very very good as well. So uh, yeah, no, I, I was very, and they, they certainly found uh, an outstanding young Midian Humphrey, which they picked up in with uh, pick six in the draft. Uh, the, the yeah, we which trade. is the pick that yeah the pick that they got from us for Isaac. Well, you know, he's strong and he's dashing, and uh, he doesn't. It doesn't seem to occur to him that he's playing against uh, experienced guys. He, he's very, very good, and he kicked a freak goal to uh, to save up the match. So, yeah. yeah, overall, the Gold Coast 
would say we are starting to get somewhere. Well, they've got to follow it on. They're only a game out of the eight now. And, uh, yep. they're, you know, with the, with the competition as even as, as it is, um, they've got just as much of an opportunity as any other side between about five and 12 to get in the eight. So, uh, uh, and Luco and King, I reckon not a bad one-two punch for Gold Coast now. Very good. No, very good. So, uh, and then today we had, um, you know, oh no, that was still last night, West Coast, uh, Putting up about as much fight as they possibly could against Essendon, going down by 50 points, uh, 96 to 46. Uh, the Bombers just doing what they had to do, really. Yeah, I mean, they put about as West Coast put about as much as resistance as you would uh, feign if you were offered a free beer, mate. So um, they, were, they were bloody pathetic. And I, I just said a little bit some piece of it. I can't stand this. I didn't bother watching. No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, I had better things to do, like. I don't even know what I did. Maybe wash the dishes. Um, and then today, um, Port making hard work of Ri- Richmond. Uh, they got out for a while, but uh, Richmond didn't go away and eventually Port just prevailing by 10 points. Probably a danger game for them, so they're probably happy just to bank the win, I would have thought, Mac. Yeah, look, they were just slightly too good for Richmond. Every time Richmond did threaten, Port responded all the time. And... and uh, Butters and Rosie and uh, Horn Francis, they all fired well. Uh, Taranto virtually did it on his own for Richmond, and he was outstanding. Um, mm. it, he's a, a pretty good player, very good player. Uh, now, Port didn't win by much, but they played uh, they, they play a very tight sort of game, don't they? That, there's, they don't play free-flowing footy. It's, I don't know, it always seems like hard work, but they, they just sort of, in the end, do enough work to win. They're pretty good at getting through traffic, Mac. Um, so there's not a lot of what I would say real, like, if you compare them to how we play, we like to get the ball on the outside and link up. They're, they're more through the corridor and through the contest and um, hitting up big targets. Uh, so, you know, it's, I don't know, just getting them results at the moment. And they have got a very good, their midfield is going well at the moment, Butters and Horn Francis and Wines and... You know, a few of those lads, Rosie, obviously. Um, um, I still query their depth if one of those lads goes down, but they're going all right at the moment. Well, and they're certainly firing. And, um, and you know, some of their lesser names are playing very well at, uh, at the moment as well. So, no, they're playing good team football, as I said. You, they, you, they get challenged and they scramble back at you. I reckon your lesser names play well when you get in the agate first. Probably true. All right, and then we had uh, Collingwood again doing what they needed to do against North Melbourne, 35 points in the end. Um, probably would have been happy just to get out of that game pretty much unscathed, I would have thought. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, d- I didn't see it, but apparently North put up a fairly good fight because uh, they went down by six in the end. It was They actually were, I think it was nine at uh, three-quarter time, but they kicked six to three in the last quarter. And they've got some green sheets there that... Um, I'm not saying it's going to be a rapid rise for them, but they'll gradually improve. Yes, agreed. And, of course, our game today, which we'll go through in a moment. Just a quick look in the at the ladder. We've got uh, the Pies now outright uh, first. Uh, Port Adelaide outright second now. Brisbane faltering in third. Melbourne faltering even more on 
28 points along with St Kilda. I'm struggling to believe that St Kilda is still that high. It's a product of their early season form, but I can see St Kilda missing the eight, to be honest with you. Um, Western Bulldogs also on 28 points. Um, be interesting to see how the Bulldogs come up next week. Have they, have they got a game next week, Mac? I think they do. I don't know, mate. I haven't looked at the program for next week. Yeah, I think they do. Um, the Crows in seventh on 24 and the best percentage, and just behind also on 24. Frio just out of the eight on 24. And then uh, Geelong, Sydney, Gold Coast not out of the race uh, on 20 points. And you could probably... Yeah, I mean, you're getting to the point now with Carlton where it's do or die. And um, the Giants, I think, might have... Although they're capable of quality football... I just think they might be too far behind the eight ball, not only in points but also in percentage uh, to give the eight a shake. And then you've got Richmond, Hawthorne, North Melbourne and West Coast. Yep. I think you're, I think you're right about GWS, but they can be a dangerous team on their day. Yeah, I, I think they will be. They are that sort of a team, I think, that, that can uh, pose problems. You wouldn't want to take them lightly. Um, of course, we've got... Um, the Suns next week up in TIO um, and just answering my question, uh, the Dogs have got Geelong next week so that'll be quite an interesting game I think mm. It will be Alright Mac, well just uh, before we move on to our game, again just a reminder that if you're in the uh, live studio chat and you want to have something to say, stick your hand up and we'll get you on board um, otherwise um, both the Discord chat and the YouTube chat are uh, just humming along nicely, Macca. Humming along to see if we can break the 1,000 comment mark tonight. Uh, we do break a 1,000 comments available, uh, occasionally, so um, just keep talking shit, people. <laughs> What's your record, Fink? Uh, I think it's about 1,100. Come about on, 1100. guys. Work, work, work a bit harder out there and get it up to 1,200. Yeah, 1,100 is pretty good. We've got uh, 61 currently listening on YouTube, which is fantastic, and uh, plenty on Discord, so uh, good stuff. All right, let's move on to our game, Macker, and uh, hard-fought it was. A little bit seesawry, topsy-turvy. Brisbane held sway for a little while, but uh, we hung in and hung in and defended really hard, and in the end, um, it was our work around the contest uh, that was able to, and some good finishing, uh, was able to see us over the line by 17 points, 14, 11, 95, two 10 goals, 18, 78, Mac. Yep. Um, you know, it, one thing, I, it just seemed to me, and I, I don't know whether I'm right or not, Fane, but it, it seemed to me that they had more the ball in their territory more than we did. Do you have the stats for that? Um, yeah, we can have a look at the stats in a minute for that. I, there were certainly um, long periods of the game where that was the case. Um, they had far more. Let, let's have a look at the, uh, considering you brought it up, let's have a look at the head-to-head stats. Uh, 356 to 317 disposals our way. Um, 215 to 207, 141 to 110. I guess uh, some would say you wouldn't want to be too handball happy in a wet wet game, but... Uh, we we didn't do a bad job of flicking the ball around, Mac, just to try and get some separation um, at times. The next step, though, 47 to 66 uh, inside 50s, um, 55% efficiency inside 50 for us, 41% to them. They had 27 shots to our 26. 
from inside 50. Yeah, I, I thought they had the ball up, in, up forward more than we did. Yep. Um, we also used the ball better, 70 to 63, 70% disposal efficiency, and that weather was pretty good. Um, there okay. were periods of the game where it was raining pretty hard, but uh, apart from a few shanks, uh, which is to be expected, um, I, th- I felt like we used the ball reasonably well. Uh, free kicks, 16 to 21. Umpires just had a, had a shocker. Uh, hit outs, 58 to 57. I thought to myself, particularly after Riley O'Brien tapped it straight to Lockie Neal off a boundary throw-in in the first, that he was going to get absolutely towed up. But uh, to his credit, Macca, his ruck work, uh, particularly after quarter time, was excellent, I thought. Well, I agree with you because when, they, when he did that tap to uh, Neil, I thought oh, that's when the language, language, the language really flowed. <laughs> yeah. I, I thought, here we go again. And yeah. look, I mean, I will say this about Rob: I, if there was, if you were going to give an award for who gave the most effort for the game, I would give it to him. I thought he's he, the effort that he put into it in the game, not necessarily the output, but the effort was outstanding, actually. Yeah. Yep, yep, can't knock him this week. Uh, clearance were relatively even, 51 to 57, 10-13 at centre and 41-44 around stoppage. Um, neither team was really able to get a lot of clear ball out of out of clearance. Um, it was just one of those shovel it forward kinds of things. But I did feel like we set up quite well. We had uh, players boundary side all the time, um, so we kind of knew where we were going. And we really did minimise the uh, impact of Neil and Zorko. Uh, McCluggage got off the chain a little bit in the third quarter, uh, but I thought, you know, I thought we did pretty well against their midfield, to be honest. Yeah, well, when you look at it, um, one of the reasons why there were so many ball-ups and so much uh, congestion was that um, I've, I've been watching Dunkley. Dunkley actually uses as a tagger, but on, on their very best player, on the best player of the opposition, the one who gets the most of the ball. And he was, uh, what he does, he stands behind his opponent, and which gives him an opportunity to tackle, and that's why I get so many tackles. But also, if it, if it goes to the side, he can also get the ball there too. Um, and then, he, yeah, he was on, he was uh, tagging Lev, and in turn, we had Keys tagging Neil. So that's one of the reasons why it was very hard for the guys that generally gener- uh, generate quick movement out the centre to actually do that because there was a, there was a lot of tagging going on. Yeah, I. I mean, quick to call it tagging. I don't feel like there were hard tags anywhere. I just feel like there were jobs. Um, Because if you look, and we'll have a look at individual stats shortly, you know, Key's got a lot of possessions for a tagger. Um, You know, so on both sides, I think they were doing more than just trying to stop the opposition. Oh, no, they're actually ball getters as well. Um, Because uh, Dunkley, you know, he gets a heap of the ball as well. Um, but there's only, they're not taggers in the traditional sense of a tagger, but who, who's only one, got one job, is which is to stop the opposition. It's really to minimise the opposition, but get the ball yourself. Well, isn't that isn't that playing football? Um, not necessarily, because sometimes <laughs> sometimes the mids are allowed to sort of go their own way. Yeah, I'd just call that manning up. I wouldn't call it tagging. Anyway, whatever, doesn't matter. Um, I'm just trying to be argumentative, Mac, because we're agreeing too much. Uh, contested yeah, posies, 149 argue. to 157. Arguing, that's a novelty, isn't it? Yeah, I know, right? 
Uh, uncontested possessions, 190-145. We did seem to be able to get the ball on our turns a little bit more than them. We were able to get the ball on the outside and at least get, get a little bit of clean possession, I thought. I, <coughs> pardon me. I felt like Brisbane struggled to get any sort of system going whatsoever and it was almost brute force that that was their forward 50 entries. And a lot of repeat, like in that third quarter, there was just a lot of repeat forward 50 entries just because they'd just formed that wall and we were struggle breaking through it. Yep. Um, but you're right about we we had we were better at getting the ball to the outside and that was from... Um, our, our smaller players did work very, very hard, and they must have travelled a lot of ground to actually uh, enable that to happen. A lot of times, you know, otherwise it would have been just another ball out of bounds, or um, or just a, a, another bounce. And uh, we, and you know, um, our cross half back in particularly, we, we were often had uh, the bodies coming down from half forward and wing to, to help out. I thought the boys played very good team footy today. Oh, no doubt. Yep, hundred percent. Um, time in possession, this will probably answer your question, Mac. Uh, we actually, for the match, had 39% time in possession versus their 35. So, um, there you go. Uh, Mark's 58 to 47, it wasn't marking day, of course. Mark's inside 50, though, 8 to 5, contested 7 each, uh, intercepts 54 to 61, and I think. Uh, Brisbane 61 would have been uh, heavily influenced by that third quarter where we just uh, kept kicking it to them on the way out. Um, yeah. So, but, you know, uh, really quite uh, a, a close game. 88 to 72 tackles, uh, 9 to 14 tackles inside 50 their way. Um, you know, I think what it actually boiled down to is that we used the ball better when we had it, Mac. We're able to get a little bit more separation on the outside, and we're just able to use a little bit better. And we took our chances. Well, yeah, I think the difference was in, in the sense that we had some outstanding defence play by you know, Murray, for example. He was outstanding in mm. defence, and and even Butts did, did a very good job. Um, Worrell, I thought, did a good job. Duday did a good job. Um, Miller did a good job, and but they didn't seem that they didn't really have. A Rankin or a Rochelle, uh, apart from they've got Cameron, they've got one guy, but he was he was held pretty quiet until the last two two or three minutes of the game. But uh, we had those type of players running around in our forward line every time we got an opportunity. So um, I, I think that we tried to play our our, uh, our normal game, um, even though it was wet, um, and that at times that that sort of went against us. But at least I think. Um, you can see there is a there is a type of game plan there, which um, you know trying to move it across and um, uh, vary the angles, etc. So I, I thought they still try to play their game. Our, we try to play our game style, but it's just a lot lot harder when the ball is wet to do it perfectly. Yeah, I, look, I think we did try to to move the ball um, laterally a little bit. You've got to be careful in wet weather because it's so easy to turn the ball over and you're completely exposed. So um, it's not like dry weather football where you know disposal is easier and taking the ball is easier. Um, so I, I felt like we tried to move the ball laterally as much as we could, um, but we, one thing we were very good at. Mac, when we were moving the ball up and down or down the ground, is we were happy to get territory and, and then force stoppage. So 
and then yeah, regroup. Yeah. So we're reasonably patient in that regard. We didn't try to bite off more than we could chew. We tried to stay behind the ball as much as possible and have numbers behind the ball as much as possible. Um, and, you know, I thought Jones and Miller and um, Duday did quite well there. I thought Worrell was excellent. Um, and Murray, of course. I, I'm going to go as far as to say Murray's in all-Australian form, Mac. Name me uh, a better tall defender at the moment. I would be very angry if he was not included in the all-Australian team if it was picked at the moment. He he just negates alleged star after star. He, I mean, he's... He's absolutely a team player. He goes with a big thump, but he'll take the mark if it's possible without taking, you know, not. He doesn't t- go for risky marks. He either thumps it or goes for the mark when it's his. He's been outstanding. And I think yeah. we just sort of got this guy in a, in a, in a what's a pre season draft, was it? I think it was a chook raffle down at, um, <laughs> down in one of the, one of the ammo leagues. Uh, we won yeah. him in the meat tray, won him in the meat tray. And, uh, yeah, he came, came up and, uh, decided to play no just fantastic um so look i mean it's it was a great win a rousing win and a very timely win for us um but it's not a huge amount to say because it was very basic football wasn't it it was basic and that's one of the reasons why you've got to be proud of our boys because um it re- when basically when you're playing basic football that comes down to courage and, and work rate and we had it and that's one of the reasons why we won it um, I well, mean, Bobby's uh, sorry, sorry. Mate, Bobby's come up with two Darcy Moore, Alir, Alir. You probably fit all three of those in the AA team at the moment. I, I reckon. Yep, yeah. and one at centre half back, another one at full back, another one in the back pocket. Yep. Um, anyway, sorry, go. Actually, forgot what I was going to say now. For um, <laughs> sorry. Oh, I do, no, no, I do remember what I was going to say. I was just going to give uh, Lucky Shoal. Um, I mentioned this yes, is a guy that, yes. uh, that's been very timid. He's obviously been told that he and that he didn't well, he didn't play for quite a long time. Uh, played a lot of B grade last year and would have played B grade again this year. And if he hadn't have shown some courage, but I must admit, I noticed that he dropped back a lot of times um, into our back lines and to help out. And uh, as somebody says in the chat, very close to 100% disposal efficiency. I thought he was a very, very useful player today. Yeah, I thought he was almost our best in the first half. Um, did a lot of mopping up. He kind of um, faded back to the pack in the second half but was still useful, uh, but particularly in that first half and not the type of conditions that would normally suit Lockie, um, you know, but uh, but he, he put his body in where he needed to and uh, no, it was an excellent game, excellent game from Lockie. And I'm really pleased for him. He's He's finding a way to... Uh, be a useful cog in the team. Um, you know, he's certainly got fantastic disposal when he gets out on his open. Um, so, you know, more power to him. And uh, he's done well. Because I don't think initially when he was selected, he, the coaching staff would have thought he was a long-term solution. I think he came in for an injury, maybe round two or three. I can't yeah, remember yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, and he's yeah. more or less kept his spot on merit, so uh, good on him. Yep. And the interesting thing was that uh, you know McHenry came into the side, and the, which was, and he played very, very well suited to the conditions because the ball's down where he was a lot. Uh, and you're the man that you admire so much, Smith, not playing. I didn't think hurt us not one little bit. 
What do you mean, the man that I admire? You're always you're always a baggins, Smith. Well, that's not admiration, is it? it? That was being sarcastic, though. Yeah, yeah. No, I I don't think. See, the thing with Brody today would have been that he would have just dumped it down the line. I'm sorry, but he just would have. Well, of course he would have, and and I agree with you actually that uh, I think it was a bit of a blessing that he wasn't playing today. Yeah. Yeah, no, I thought the ends were pretty good. I mean, obviously, Worrell was in for, for Smithers. Um, but I, I felt like, against Brisbane at least, I felt our configuration was really good. I thought Max Michelani did a, a pretty reasonable job on Charlie. As you say, he got off the, the chain late, Charlie. But um, I thought, by and large, he did a pretty good job. Uh, did a did pretty well on, um, I think it was on Gunston most of the time, wasn't he? Um, Tommy, or Warrell might have been on Gunston. Today, uh, oh, sort of, yeah. Today was sort of on McCarthy and whoever else they decided to chuck down forward at times. Uh, but I, I, I felt like our configuration at when I first looked at it, I thought we might have been a bit top heavy with Warrell in there. But I, but Josh played really well and was really good at ground level. Um, and um. I, I thought it looked a pretty solid back six. Uh, it looked a solid back six because Wayne Miller had played really well, Mac. Best game um, I've seen him play for a couple of years, I reckon. Um, he he really had his confidence up too. You know, he was doing a little, some of his fancy footwork, which mm. on a wet day is not all that easy to do. And he was very confident when he was doing it as well. So, And his disposal was very good. So, yeah, you know, we... we we do give Miller a hard time when he has a bad game. I think we should also give him a little bit of a pat when he has a good game. Oh, 100%. 100% he had composure. Uh, used the ball very well. He didn't panic. Um, and I, I guess that's what I mean in terms of the difference with him being the main uh, outlet. Well, it's, I do wonder, though, Mac, where, where by having Murray Butts and Worrell, where whether that was one of the reasons why we struggled to break out of their defensive zone in the third quarter because we didn't have a lot of run coming out of there. It was very much kick it to the halfback flank, you know? Mm. Mm. I agree. So, you know, whether it's the right configuration, not quite sure, but individually each of them uh, more than justified their place in the team. Um, you know, so... And we finally saw a little bit uh, of razzle-dazzle from... Josh Rochelle as well. He's been quiet for a little while. We haven't seen a lot of pizzazz from from well, uh, from Josh, but uh, he turned it on a bit in the second half. He did, didn't he? And uh, it's very interesting that uh, there were. I thought there were there were two magic goals scored. I mean, the one that Rankin scored on his left foot uh, in from the forward pocket uh, was outstanding, and and the one that Rochelle kicked was just. I, I didn't think he would kick back because you you couldn't do you couldn't do your normal dribble, so he shot he fired it like a bullet without touching the ground through it. And I just thought, well, he kicked, uh, he were... kicked a proper checky. It was a yeah. proper checky, yeah. I thought, but at, but at pace, you know, I thought it was outstanding. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, both of those two uh, goals were outstanding, and and they actually Rankin and Rochelle, they they both had very good games and um, and had big influence on the result. Yeah, and, you know, again, we don't probably talk enough about Isaac's courage. I mean, he took that mark going back with a flight um, during the game and he put himself in 
more than once uh, during the course of the game, and I think it's something that's been underrated from him. His ability to uh, take contact and um, you know go when he needs to go, and that's probably something I didn't think that we were going to get as part of the Isaac Rankin package, um, but it really is, and it's good to see. Well, you're quite right, Swain. There's a lot more to the package than what we thought we were getting. I mean, we thought we were getting a... Well, you and I, and probably all the rest of the Crows fans, thought we were going to get a player that's going to be very handy around the goals and kick a goal here and there or you know, get one and pass it off. But um, uh, what they're saying in the chat, they had 13 score involvements. He was everywhere. And I, I thought, quite frankly, he was our best player, Fiend. Uh Rankin... Uh, I don't know... I don't know. Benny Keys had a good one. Uh, well, Rankin had twenty-five Yeah, 25 well, let's have a look at some. Let's have a look, and then uh, I, very difficult game to actually sort out best players. To be honest with you, I thought Surf. I saw Surf in the chat lamenting Dawson going downhill as the season goes on. He only had a lazy thirty-two touches. Surf. Oh, he has got people hanging off him everywhere trying to check him. I mean, and he, and he still had 32 touches, as you said. He's outstanding. He is a star. Yeah, I, I think that's uh, it's a little bit rude, Sirs, to be honest with you. I've just cut off his head, which is also a little bit rude. There we go. 32 disposals, 19 kicks, 13 handballs, took five marks, 10 tackles. Uh, didn't hit the scoreboard, but um, you can see there by his heat map, um, he was all over the place, and he didn't get behind the ball terribly much. So, um, you know, I, I thought it was a really good game, a real gutsy game from Jordan. He was, uh, you know, there's some tough buggers in there, and he's not hes not your traditional hard unit, but he doesn't get bumped off the line very often. You'll see him just keep his feet and carry through, carry the ball with him through congestion. So um, I thought he was all right. Uh, 12 contested possessions, um 20 uncontested, 9 turnovers, 3 intercepts, uh, 4 score involvements, took 5 marks. 10 tackles too. 10 tackles as well. Yeah, so I need the two clearances, uh, one at centre, one around stoppage. Um, But uh, to say that he's dropped off, I mean, it, it wasn't the game for silky skills, I didn't think. I thought he played excellently. You know, you're not going to get outstanding stuff in that weather. and that, that You're not going to uh, get big high marks and uh, big, beautiful long kick to position. Because yeah. everybody's, it's very crowded, it's very congested. And you're being tagged, there are people hanging on to you. No, I, I thought he, he, was, he did brilliantly to do what he did. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Benny Keys, they chucked him back in the uh, centre rotation for obvious reasons this week. Uh, probably should have done this. This is what we were talking about last week, Macca, wasn't it? We that did. He was kind of lost, lost up forward, and we didn't really get any sort of use out of him, really. Um, well, we did this week. Twenty-eight disposals, seventeen kicks, eleven handballs, nine tackles, kick one goal, two. Um, he had twelve contested and twelve uncontested possessions. Um, only turned it over twice, four intercepts, eleven score involvements. Um, I thought he was terrific. I, he, look, his work rate was outstanding, and, um, and his job was on Lockie Neal. And, um, and you know, as that wasn't the only job he had for the day, but he he spent plenty of time hanging around him, um, and also um, uh, Ashcroft as well when Neal wasn't on the ball. And no, look, I thought he, he as you said, 
putting him in the middle there, I, he he just he just helped the the midfield become um, much more powerful than it normally is. Uh, I think I, he has to be in there. Yeah, uh, six clearances, uh, two in the centre and four around stoppage, nine tackles, three inside fifties. Um, just a solid game. I mean, it was a solid game, and he did minimise the impact of their um, midfield. So um, the other one uh, in the midfield, uh, Rory Laird, of course, who just doesn't stop trying. 27 touches, 10 and 17. Three marks, 16 tackles, if you don't mind. Um, And just look at that, just a workhorse between the arcs there. Um, 13 contested possessions, 14 uncontested. Um, Only five score involvements. uh, Took three marks, all under contested. Um, seven clearances, four at centre, three around stoppage, uh, 16 tackles, as I mentioned, two of them inside 50, five inside 50s, two rebound 50s. Was, I mean, I, you know, you can't fault that sort of a game in these conditions, Mac. No, and the one thing you can say about Laird, he, he fronts up every week trying to do the same thing, and it generally does. He, uh, uh, you know, he's not the dashing type of midfield that some some teams have, but their 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 dashes also don't have the you know, how many tash, uh, tackles did he have? Sixteen. Sixteen tackles as well. So I mean, I mean he works both ways. So he's working both forward and back. So uh, no, he's, he's he is a very valuable member of our team. Yeah. Um, and then your man, Mr. Rankin, uh, twenty-three disposals, ten and thirteen, uh, four marks, one tackle, kick, two goals, three. Um, a lot in that half forward line there. Um, he had 16 contested possessions, which is what I was talking about before, Mac. Um, five intercept possessions, 13 score involvements, and three goal assists. Um, yeah, is fantastic. Yeah, I, he was my best on ground, I, I thought he was outstanding. And the other bit, four clearances, four. Like four stoppage clearances, Macca. He is handy around that stoppage. Well, the interesting thing about that is that the commentators made the comment uh, during the game that it's surprising that he doesn't get more runs on the ball than he does, uh, because they say that he is very good when he when he does get his turn there. Yeah, I, I just think this week, I just felt like Nick's was going for grunt. Like they've got a very grunty midfield. They've got McCluggage, Lockie Neal, uh, Zorko, you know, Rayner runs through there. They're all hard nut run through the congestion type midfielders. Um, you know, not a lot of silk on the outside. Even Barry is, again, a bit of a hard nut through the contest. And I think we were just going for grunt, which is why I think we saw a lot, a lot of keys, a lot of Laird, a bit of Sloan, particularly in the second half, who I thought was excellent in the second half. Yeah, um, yeah I think it's a very good, good description there, midfield. Uh, it is a, it is, it is one that works very hard and it has got a lot of grunt behind it. You're quite right. Yeah. Jad in the chat says McCluggage isn't grunty, or the amount of times he breaks through tackles, mate. I don't know what you want to call it, but he's not an outside player, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, I, you know, he's, he's a strong lad, very big upper body. Uh, and the good thing about that is that we had Saligo and Pedler and Jones and, and these blokes as our, you know, first or second possessions out of stoppage. And, um, you know, it allowed us to get a little bit outside at times, which was borne out by the uncontested possession stat that we had in the end. So, 
Um, I, I don't think it's set up too badly. I think I certainly think we've used keys better this week. Much better. And it's interesting that you mentioned Saligo, that uh, uh, for a guy, you know, that's uh, in, as inexperienced as he is, um, uh, it's very good to see uh, Nick's giving him runs through the middle there. And he was at, at quite a few centre bounces as well. So, and Because and, his work rate is excellent as well. So it, it, he's going to be a very good player. He's uh, going to develop into an extremely good player, I think. And in time, will be one of our... Uh, permanent midfielders, but at this stage, it's very nice to see him getting introductions against a very good team. Mm. Mm. Uh, Wayne Miller, uh, certainly, I agree with you, Macca. Best game that he's played for quite some time um, was the main man coming out of defence. Often, thirteen kicks, nine handballs, three marks, four tackles. Um, very much playing that halfback sort of um, distributor. Um, he had five contested possessions. Uh, 13 uncontested, only turned it over twice, four intercepts, five score involvements, um, 443 metres gained. Uh, he really did take over that role vacated by Hinge and, and to a lesser degree Smith, and I thought he did really well. Five rebound 50s. Um, looked rock solid, really, didn't he? Yeah, well, yeah, he didn't just take it over. He sort of enhanced it because he he doesn't bomb the ball. He he looked for a player all the time. So, and he's and he, oh, he was. Let, let, let's not let's not forget after one game, the job that Mitch Hinge does off halfback. Thanks. Oh no, not, not, I wasn't talking about Hinge when I said that. Um, I was talking about Smith, but um, no, Miller Miller's usage of the ball was that was outstanding. I thought, I thought today in. A game where you know it, it was tight and a lot of people never got the opportunity to, to use the ball well. But no, Miller, his ability to sidestep, uh, to dodge, to turn, to wheel around, but keep his balance all the time was very, very good. Interesting point made by Inquisitor on the chat there regarding how Miller is regarded by fans like us, and we've been quite heavy in our in our criticism of Wayne. You know, and I guess there's an argument to say that sometimes the coaches know what they're doing. Um, but I, I think, like, I don't think there can be any argument that Miller has not been consistent and has really not got back to his pre-knee form, and that was, you know, two and a half years ago. Um, so I think I'm happy to acknowledge that Wayne had a really good game. I'd like to see that happen consistently and under similar pressure. Yeah, I suppose in fairness to him, though, Ben, is the fact that you just, the point you made is quite valid. He's virtually out of the game for about two and a half years. So it, it, it when you're out of the game that long, you just can't just bob straight in and be a star straight away. So we may have been a little bit harsh on him. Um, having said that, we, we call what we see. Um, but having said that, he is, his game is slowly developing week by week. And today, I thought it, you know, it came to sort of a peak and I would just hope that he can produce that uh, type of form every week because when he's like that, he, he's a treat for the team because the, the players up ahead of him, uh, they, can, they can leave with confidence knowing it's going to be put on their chest. Yeah. Um, all right. Who else have we got? Now, Josh Worrell, we spoke about Josh Worrell earlier and I thought um, first, first game for a long time and only sixth game of his career... And uh, before he went off with, I hope was just hamstring awareness, and not a and not a not a tear. Uh, he had nineteen touches, fourteen kicks, five handballs, one mark, three tackles. I thought I remember him taking more marks than that, but anyway. 
Um, had eight contested possessions, eight uncontested, six intercept positions, one score involvement, um, 553 metres gained, uh, obviously including some kickouts um, there. But uh, nonetheless, three tackles, two inside 50s, eight rebound 50s. Um, I thought um, he came in and did an excellent job because uh, they've got some players in their forward line, Hitwood, uh, Danaher and Gunston, uh, as well as their smalls, that if they get off the chain, they can hurt you real bad. Well, if we cast our mind back to last year, Fien, uh, I thought Worrell showed then that he's going to be a good player in the future. And unfortunately, he's had these hamstring issues at the start of this year, which have prevented us from being able to play him. He's had to get... He's had sort of a stop-start... Um, career so far in the twos with, with the hamstrings and um, this was an opportunity to play him when he now that he is right and I, I hope that, that he didn't damage his hamstring again today because um, yeah he's a good footballer and he's going to be a very good footballer if he can play regularly yep um, interesting comment that uh, I'm sure some people picked up on from Rashuto talking about Worrell saying that he wasn't the most professional lad when he first came to the club. Mm, I did hear that. So uh, it's obviously taken him a little while to get with the program, but he certainly looks part of it. He's six foot four, built well, uh, good skills, um, seems to have good composure, and uh, I'm glad we've stuck with him and hopefully uh, we can keep him around um, now that we've, uh, now, now that we've uh, shown some faith in him. Well, it was interesting. In his draft year, he was, he was very, very highly rated uh, by other clubs. And um, by overall, he was regarded as being a, a, a player of the future. And it, it took a while to see that happen. And I think and I think Rusciuto's comments may give some light as to why it took so long for it to happen. Yeah. C's girl on the track saying, why does a kid need to be a professional? Well, because it's a professional sport and they're getting paid. You don't rock up late to games, Seeds Girl. You don't, yeah. you know, half-ass training, Seeds Girl. Doesn't matter whether you're a kid or a veteran. I wouldn't have thought. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I think that Harry Schoenberg is a good example of um, that of you of a player that hasn't been professional, a guy that's got a lot of ability, but we're not seeing it because he hasn't done all the work as hard and uh, on and off the field as the other players have done. Yeah. Um, Harry had a big pre-season, by the way, Mac. He has previously been unprofessional, I would say. Yeah, yeah, uh, but um, he hasn't looked hasn't looked a hundred percent interested uh, when he's playing in the twos this year. You don't reckon? Oh, I think at times he looks like he doesn't want to be out there. Okay, That's just why. <laughs> probably doesn't. Probably doesn't. Uh, Riley O'Brien, a few requests in the chat to have a look at his stuff. 15 disposals, 5 kicks, 10 handballs, 2 marks, 4 tackles. Um, had 9 contested possessions, uh, 5 intercept possessions, 5 score involvements. Uh, took 2 uncontested marks. Um, 4 clearances himself, all around stoppage. 52 hit-outs from 114 ruck contests, so pretty much split the difference with uh, um, 
the big O from Brisbane. Um, as I said, I thought that after quarter time, Riley's work really improved um, and he was very strong around the contest. I, I felt like he was more effective than um, Brisbane's ruck after big quarter Oscar. time. Yeah, big Oscar McInerney. Um Yeah, no, I, I, I said to my wife... Um, after the game, just looking at the, as the Ruckman, well, that's just before the end of the game, they're still running around going up for uh, throw-ins. And, and I said to the wife, how the hell do those Ruckman keep going all day, usually on their own, with the whole game running all around the ground? Um, I, I'd be dying if I had to do that. And I've got to say, what happened to the good old days when a boundary umpire used to know how to throw the ball in, Mac? Oh, that shocker. Wasn't that a shocker? In fairness, and the ball was probably wet and just slipped off his hand, but it only came in about three metres. But I've noticed consistently the boundary throw-ins are getting shorter and shorter, irrespective of the weather. They do drop... And, they're, do and they're throwing it round arm now rather than like the old over, the, over their heads. Well, I think they're probably saying if the field umpires can be shit out, we can too. Thanks for your insight, mate. <laughs> um, Joshua Shelley, uh, probably his best game for all, most, most damaging game for a while. 15 disposals, 11 kicks, 4 handballs, 4 marks and kicked a goal, that beautiful goal uh, from the pocket. 14 uncontested possessions, uh, 1 turnover, um, 3 assists, 7 involvements. Um, uh, particularly liked his, his give to... Um, Oh, who was it? Was it Rankin? It was to Rankin. Remember. Yeah, nice little give there. Um, only attended two centre bounces um, for one clearance at stoppage. Uh, three inside 50s. Look, he's still in and out of the game. He's still a kid. He's still learning. Uh, he's got to be in the game for longer periods, in my opinion. But, you know, we shouldn't be expecting that from him yet. Um, particularly the... The position that we've got him playing at half forward, it's very easy to get lost in that role um, for periods of the game. So, you know, just just more of the same from Josh. What I did like about his game today, and I do usually when he's on, uh, he's an excitement machine. You know, he he does exciting things, and the way he reacts is also exciting and in the sense of... Um, Lights up the crowd, lights up his teammates. Um, I just think that, as I say, he he's an excitement machine, and when he's going well, I think it's very good for the team. In there, and I think it just rubs off onto the team. I agree with that, Macca, but I'd like I I don't want him to be a flashy player. I want him to be a four quarter player. Yeah, fair to fair comment. That's kind of fair comment, but he will over time. Well, you hope. Well, it, it'll improve every year, thing. And most most players do, unless they know. Well, good. you hope. Well, Sam Berry we hasn't. Well, he's not Rochelle. <laughs> oh, Maka, 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 Maka. Uh, no, you, you don't agree huh? that he's an excitement machine. I wouldn't say he's an excitement machine. He's obviously a good player. He's like got skills and all the rest of it, but he spends a long, long periods of the game out of the game. 
And all I'm saying is that what I would like to see is him impacting the game for longer periods. I, I, I agree with you on that. Don't get me wrong, I do agree with you on that. But I do think that um, he's a very valuable player and he can do the uh, miraculous at times. So, yeah, and he will get better and better with, uh, as he gets older. Yeah, but I mean, 50 other players can do the miraculous in the AFL too. But they don't all play for us. He's not He's not Nick Dacos. He's a, he's a second-year player for yeah, how many game, how many years has Nick Dacos played? How many Nick Dacos have played? Are there in the competition, mate? Not many. Well, there's One two Dacoses. In the... <laughs> no, all all I'm so all jokes aside, I, I'm happy to see Josh contribute more this week. I want him to try and what I want to see from him is more output for longer periods of time. Like if you look at a player like Luke Pedler, Luke Pedler is in a similar boat, I think, where when when Luke or Josh are around the contest, you you know the excitement meter just goes up a little bit because you know you both you you think from either of them that something's going to happen. At the moment, I feel like we're getting more value from Luke in terms of possessions when he's when he's involved than we are from Rochelle. Uh, I'll say one thing about Pedley, he's kicking is beautiful, and um, actually. My wife was not following quite as uh, closely as I was, but she was just watching. And Pedler kicked that one of those goals on on um, that beautiful on the run with that beautiful left foot of his like cannon. And she said, "Who the hell is that? Can he kick?" I mean, yeah. and and that's the sort of thing. I mean, it those type of things are not only are they exciting for us as spectators, they they must definitely lift the team. And oh, and. No doubt. We, and Pedler is he, in my opinion, is going to be a star of the future because he, he what he, when he does get the ball, um, it really looks, it really looks special when he gets it, and um, and so, and, and he, he's going to be a bull that will get some hard balls, and he's get, then he's going to also be a player in the open that can do something sensational as well. Agreed. Um, just before we continue, a reminder, if you're in the audience, uh, you've probably got about 15 minutes if you want to have something to say, so stick your hand up. I notice Vardy Magic's there, uh, Mac, as usual, uh, keeping his head down. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, if you want to have something to say, uh, now is the time. I thought Rory Sloan, particularly in the second half, Mac, it was fantastic. Um, last quarter, it looked like he was determined that we weren't going to lose the game. Um, and uh, some really big contests from Rory. 14 disposals, seven, uh, 9 and 5. Two marks, 9 tackles. Um, 7 contested possessions, 5 uncontested, 2 turnovers. Um, you know, it was sort of in and out of the game until that second half, I thought. Uh, 6 clearances though, around stoppage. He was excellent, 5 stoppage clearances. Um, 9 tackles, as I mentioned, 2 of them inside 50. Um, I just, you know... It, as we've said before, we're probably getting more from Rory than what we expected to get, aren't we? And um, at critical moments in most games this year, uh, he's been he's been a vital influence. I thought. Yeah, look, he had a reasonably good game, um, but definitely in the last quarter when the chips were down and they were trying to make their run, uh, Rory was very very competent and uh, very very. Uh, I mean. He, he he gives a hundred percent. He always does. He knows nothing else but to do that. And um, yeah, I, I thought his last quarter was fantastic. And 
he still want, likes to be seen as, as a leader of the club, and, and I thought in the last quarter he played like one. Well, I think, you know, what we see is probably Rory's leadership style, isn't it? Which is just, you know, leading by example. And uh, yeah. he obviously still cares deeply about the club and where it's heading, and you can tell because there are times when he, you can see he sets his mind, he just, he's just refusing to let games get out of hand. And uh, uh, it was that way again in the last quarter this week, which was fantastic. Um, of the rest, I thought uh, Phil Thorpe showed again little little uh, little snippets of what we can expect in the years ahead. Kicked a couple of goals too, which was great. Took four marks. Pardon me, uh, Darcy Fogarty. I thought he was far more lively this week, Mac. Uh, one goal, one. Um, only the ten disposals, four marks. But I just felt like uh, he was getting involved far more often. Um, Luke Pedler, we've already mentioned. Uh, Tex kicked the three goals, only had the nine disposals, but a game was providing a target, and it was that sort of game. Um, so, uh, you know, it was a, it was pretty much an all-played-well situation. I thought Lockie Murphy let himself down with his ball handling and his uh, general ball use. Um, I thought McHenry provided energy as usual without too much output, um, but was good in key moments and kicked that nice goal when we needed it in the goal square. Um, you know, Chase Jones, 17 disposals again. Look, now, the, the biggest thing about Chase Jones getting 17 disposals is that we're not talking about it, Macca. Yeah, it is a, it's a very good point because uh, I've got it written down here, a note about Jones. That the fact is that he's now become very consistent now and he's got a standard that he plays to and, he, and he's playing yep. to it every week. And yep. uh, sometimes he'll go over that standard, but he's not going below it, which is great. And, uh, yep. he, you know, he has arrived as an AFL footballer now. And one thing about him, he's got tons of pace and he, he also uses the ball very well. As, and so, you know, we probably said some nasty things about him in the years or, or not so much about him, perhaps more about the people that selected him. But having said that, um, he is, he's come good and... Uh, well, all I can say is well done to him because, um, you know, he's done it the hard way in the sense that um, I think he, had, he lost his confidence in himself, but he's finally found it. And as I say, he's bringing it every week now. Yeah. Uh, and Saligo as well, um, I thought, was, was good in patches. 18 disposals, 12 and 6, 4 marks, 3 tackles, uh, kicked a goal as well. Um, was around about the mark. Obviously, again, another young player that's sort of in and out of the game, um, but uh, also very solid. So it was one of those pretty much all-played well games, Mac. Yep. Somebody's in the chat said that uh, Murphy wears a long sleeve jumper because they, uh, they grab his jumper and not his neck, and they said it doesn't make sense. Uh, well, he's had an operation on his neck, um, and uh, quite quite a, he had a, an injury to his neck, which was quite dangerous, and... And that's been been repaired, and, and he certainly doesn't want to get uh, tackled around the neck too much because um, if you've got it hit in the wrong in the wrong place, it could cause him a bit of disaster. So it, that's one of the reasons why he does wear it, and uh, um, and it, it is related to an actual injury that he's got there. Or a re, how does a how does wearing long sleeves protect your neck? Oh well, it's more. Um, the person said that Murphy said that Murphy apparently says that. He wears no, it that's, no. Someone said. Murphy didn't say it. Someone said. 
or someone said it. But the point is, though, he, he would be very conscious of not getting tackled around the neck thing because he, as he said, he had a very serious neck injury. Yeah, I know, but I'm struggling to understand what the long sleeves has anything to do with it. Maybe it doesn't, but that's what somebody said. <laughs> I don't care, well, I don't thank, care one way or the other, spending mate. two minutes on it. Bloody hell. Um, all right, so uh, we've got one more game before our bye. Um, and that's the Suns in Darwin, Macca. Yep. I love stirring you. Jesus. Well, you know, I know we've got to make an hour and a half, but Christ. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can have an early minute on a Sunday night after a Sunday afternoon game. Oh, by the way, how... Like again, we carry the bloody fixture on on a twilight game on a sun, on a Sunday afternoon. It was probably match of the round for God's sakes. Oh, the day field do treat us. They give, they treat us very very poorly, Fane. And you know, you think we get we got Mother's Day. You know, when nobody else wants to have Mother's Day, uh, we get the ten past four when it's probably one of the matches of the round. Um, we get sent to bloody Geelong. We get sent to Tasmania. We get sent to bloody. Um, that Footscray or, or what's that? My Bathurst. Um, I was. A, I think we go to Darwin. <laughs> oh, Ballarat. Like we get, we go everywhere, mate. And and you know, the uh, the Victorian teams just sit there, and they think they got a they got they think they got a tough. They got to go down to Geelong. Well, I don't think it's going to be a very easy task. At Gold Coast are staying up in Darwin for the week. Uh, they're obviously more used to humid conditions than we are, of course. Um, and, uh, I, you know, it, it's a it's a bit of a danger game. It's one that I don't think we would want to drop. Uh, but I think it's going to be very, very difficult. Gold Coast aren't playing bad footy. Uh, they're going to have an extra day's break to us. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how the Crows are handling this week in terms of their preparation, whether they go up early and try, and do, try to... Uh, acclimatise which is what the bullfrogs did um but uh yeah i i don't know about this one oh i agree with you because um gold coast um yeah i mean they they used to that sort of weather anyhow um and darwin well darwin's probably is hotter again but um but they are more used to uh hot humid weather that and uh that and i think that showed against the bulldogs in the sense that they they were they were, they finished much strong much more strongly than, than the Bulldogs, and uh, I think it will be a dangerous game for us. Uh, uh, I think they're actually playing pretty good football, and um, certainly uh, conditions. I think like if if it gets down to a close game, and uh, we I think we'd be starting to struggle in the last quarter, whereas they'd be still going. Yeah, at least this time we've got to buy afterwards, so we don't have to come back and. And try and back up. Um, and it is 7 o'clock, so um, probably the the bigger issue might be the dew, depending on how that happens. Sometimes it can get pretty dewy and slippery um, well, at night up it, there. So. I haven't been to that, though. Well, it, it's, it, once the, the night comes, the dew is, is enormous. It's, it's almost as if it's been rained on, and it's so slippery. So, um, yeah, there'll be plenty of dew. Yeah. Uh, now, we do have someone in the crowd that wants to have a chat. It's our good friend Arab Child or 
whatever he's calling himself now. So uh, come on in, mate, and uh, give us your two cents worth. Hello, guys. How are you? Very good. How are you going? Yeah, not too bad. I just want to ask, do you guys think, do you guys still think that our midfield is small? Because to me, it doesn't seem like a small midfield anymore. All the players have bulked up in there. It seems like there's height in there now. But I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, it depends who's in there. Um, and you're quite right that in the past, we would, we would normally had a small one in terms of height. But when you've got Dawson, Pease and Laird in there, well, Laird, is, he doesn't, they don't call him the desk for nothing. He's, he, is, he is little. But um, Dawson's a, a goodly, goodly size. Uh, as his keys, so we can be small, but um, it depends on who's in there. As I say, if, if you didn't have, if you took out uh, Dawson, you took out keys, and and, you, and replaced them with smaller guys, yeah. Then, but no, not necessarily always. And, and uh, Gold Crows in the chat corrects me uh, correctly. After Gold Coast, we've actually got West Coast at home before the bye. My mistake. Right. Which should be a good game. That one I'm looking forward to. The West Coast game is going to be a cracker. Yeah. If we don't win by 100, I'm going to be very pissed off. We should win by 100 more. <laughs> like it needs to be slaughtering. That's slaughtering. <laughs> well, well, you certainly hope to win and you hope to probably... Uh, it depends too because um, sometimes the uh, West Coast has played virtually... Um, a team of almost not not newbies, but very inexperienced type players with, with all their major players out, and they they did get back three or four last week, and maybe they might get another three or four back. It still should be a win, but uh, how much percentage you get probably depends on how many of their more senior players they've got available. Come on, Macca. No. Come on. If it's Macca. not hundred, that's boring. It needs to be at least a hundred points. Well, I, I, well, I hope it is. I hope it is. Um, but you know, it doesn't. You don't get a hand on the plate. You got to. You got to. Still got to do it. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, um, Arab, Nick- don't Arab. Don't worry. Macca's just um, working by the, the 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 motto of stating the bloody obvious tonight. So uh, yeah, <laughs> of course you've got to do the work to get the win, Mac. Thanks. Yeah, of course. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Say the bloody opposite. Yeah. Give us a bloody um, insight, what, mate. <laughs> what do you think is left for us to be in the top four content, contention? Do you think we can do it this year, or is there a major error that still needs to be fixed up? Because I feel like all the pieces are there. It's just about getting games into the players and getting that experience. But I want to see if you guys see any holes in the team that is still there. Oh, I still think we need a we need one more in the midfield now. Whether that's going to come from within, um, Arab or not, I'm not quite sure. You know, we've seen stunted growth from Barry this year, and Harry's dropped off the cliff a bit, which does leave our midfield stocks a little bare. Um, I think personally, I think we need one more in the midfield. Um, we're not. Uh, I, we're excellent up forward. I think we're we're workmanlike down back. Um, but uh, I just think we need one more bit of class just to get us into that top echelon of midfields. Yeah, you know, the, in fairness to the coach, Nixon, he he said 
and I think at the time we probably didn't listen to him too closely or if we did we just thought yeah just bullshit but he said just uh, get just wait these guys have played 50, all played 50 games then you'll be looking at a much better team and what he said is quite right if you look at the team that he inherited and, and the ones he's gradually introduced and as they've got more games under their belt they've started to play better and I think that uh, we're at a certain stage this year and I don't think we're at a stage of winning a premiership I think we're at a stage that we would, would hope to be making the eight but I think that whatever we do this year then we will improve uh, next year uh, on that as well because those, those players will instead of playing 20 games or 25 games they'll have played 40 games or 50 games So, and there's no doubt about it the more you play the better you become and more comfortable you are at this level so um, if we made the 8 this year I think that's a, a very good achievement and um, next year I would hope that we would be trying to shoot for maybe the top 4 and uh, the year after that probably uh, trying to shoot for a flag what do you think Fane? Yeah, I mean, no, I, you know, I mean, you you just trotted out all the generic lines, so there's really nothing to argue about there. Um. For fuck's sake, what would you like me to say? <laughs> you don't give me the shits tonight. <laughs> you really are. Fuck me. Oh, <laughs> Mac is going to storm off in a minute, Arab. It's going to be you and me left. <laughs> Uh, before I, I get off and let you guys argue about basic things, do you I'm think this is? I'm finished. <laughs> do you think this is um Harry Schonberg's last year? Because to me, it seems like he's done, and this is over for him. I, I would just give him like maybe one or two more games in the AFL to see if he can prove himself. No. But it's just been three no. years and it's done. I think it's over. I don't know, but. No, I, no, 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 not at all. Young player, keep keep trying with him. How many years um, did we give? Uh, how many years did we give Chase Jones, mate? Uh, true, yeah, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah but I, he's, I, he, I like, certainly he's on his last legs, Arab. No doubt about that. But I think that we need to we need to give him a bit more time, in my opinion. Mac, what do you think? I have got nothing to say. Yeah, well, it would have been wrong anyway. Um, all right, mate. Thanks, Arab. Cheers, mate. Now, you're, you're getting salty, Macca. What's going on? Oh, Christ, mate. Everything I say, you put, you're taking the shit out of me. <laughs> you're very sensitive. <laughs> well, Christ, I'm trying to be serious and try and make comments and... It's supposed to be a show about football, and uh, for fuck's sake, everything I say, you're just trying to put me down. Oh, I'm not trying to put you down. Oh, all right. Well, now that Mac has got his no, skirt up over his you, head. No, you come out with the old, you know, just trotting out the old uh, standard thing and all that, that sort of shit. But what do you think you do? You're playing fucking football. What else are you going to talk about? <laughs> oh, Mac has lost the bloody plot. All right. Um, well, I'm sick of being had the piss taken out of me. Oh, come on, mate. Toughen up. No, no, but it's, it's, it's okay once. It's okay twice, but ten times for fuck's sake. When are you going to stop? Well, in about five minutes when the podcast finishes. <laughs> God almighty. Oh, jeez. 
I'm sorry, Uncle Macca. I didn't realise you were such a petal. All I'm right. Anyway, so what do you reckon? We're going to. What do you reckon? Are we going to? Are we going to be good against the Gold Coast? Or are we going to get rolled? If I could, if I make a serious answer, will you just leave it alone? We'll see. Um, I think um, I, I am very worried about the game. I'm seriously. Yeah. I, I watched Gold Coast play. They played uh, very well against uh, the Bulldogs, and there was no doubt they uh, Bulldogs were running out of legs in the, uh, the condition, and that's only at uh, the Gold Coast. And whereas Gold Coast themselves are used to those conditions, they finished very strongly, and um, well. Um, I know Darwin's even worse than the Gold Coast, but the jump for Gold Coast players is, is not nowhere near as much for players coming from down south. And I think that we're a better side in terms of personnel, and I think our game plan's better. But, um, yeah, I think it's a dangerous game. If, if, um, so I've been, to, I've been to Darwin, you've been to Darwin, you know how... When in, how I've never been to Darwin, actually. Oh, mate, you get off... Seriously, I can tell you, the first time I went to Darwin, I got off the bloody plane, and it was in a, a day when the humidity was uh, about 90-something percent, as well as being 30-something degree. And I nearly passed out. Just, I was trying to uh, find my hire car. I nearly passed yeah. out. It was yeah. bloody shocking. And I was, all I'm doing is walking. They've got to play football in it. Yeah. So, well, if, uh, you know, I'd I, imagine I it would be... Sorry. Game. I'd imagine it'd be similar humidity to what I felt in Thailand last year, and if I had to play footy in that, I'd be dead at about quarter time. So, um, I wonder if we'd, we've taken any learning in terms of preparation from our game against GWS. I know it's you know there's a difference in the climate, but it is still you know oppressive conditions. So I wonder whether we got anything out of that experience. Um, I'm with you, Mac. I, it is a danger game, no doubt about it, and it would be a shame to negate the Brisbane win by a soft loss to a non-contending team in a weird location again which we've this is what we've like we had the same thing with Western Bulldogs as we do with Gold Coast again that would be winnable at just about any other bloody ground except the stupid regional piece of shit that we get sent to all the time not saying that they shouldn't play games at these grounds but it's annoying that it's always us yeah, it should be shared around a lot more than it is. Um, I see one of the comments in the chat that Raoul and Anderson are as good as any duo. Raoul is fantastic at the clearance that he really is. He goes in hard. Anderson hangs out waiting for the ball to be given to him, so I, I think he should be fairly easy to tag. And that's what he's been... I noticed in the last couple of games he's been tagged and he hasn't had so much of the ball. So... Um, they, they they rely on that, and, and um, overall they've got reasonably good standard players. They they are dangerous up forward now, but Lacosis is firing up there, uh, along with uh, the, 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 one of the King boys. Um, so I I I was confident we'd beat Brisbane. I'm thinking we can beat Gold Coast, but I'm worried about the humidity. Yeah. Um, Gritty on the chat talking about Zorko's eye gouge. He didn't actually gouge him, so I don't think that's going to be looked at. Although it was certainly a movement, wasn't it? He was certainly hunting was around for an eyeball, wasn't he? 
Well, I, I didn't know he was going for the eye. He was certainly taunting him at least, and the hand wasn't near the, uh, was near or on the face. Yeah, it was certainly a hooky motion with the finger, as far as I was concerned. Um, he's a little pest, Zorko, and he had bugger all influence on the game. He's just about on his last legs, I'd imagine. Um, he didn't play it. Yeah. All right, mate. Well, look, you know, I uh, probably need to let you go and console yourself for a week now. So uh... <laughs> I'm all right. I'm all right. You're right. I've had my say. I've had my well, look, it's time to finish up anyway. Thanks to everyone who's joined us on YouTube and on Discord. Um, don't forget, as I mentioned earlier, if you're on YouTube, give us a like and a subscribe if you like what you see and share the love with your crows-loving mates. And uh, to everyone on Discord, thanks very much for joining us, as you always do. Very solid again this week. And uh, all things being well, we'll see everyone again next week, mate. Okay. See ya. All right, mate. Take care. Bye.